welcome to Feminist in Progress. I'm so excited that you're our first guest and you have so much expertise and knowledge and wisdom, especially because it's your last semester of your senior year. And I felt like you'd be a great person to get advice from about how to handle leadership positions and your experience and your history with GU. So why don't we start there of how did you end up at Gonzaga and how did you get here? Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be part of this awesome passion project and be along for this ride. I would say my journey to Gonzaga was not really a direct path. I would say I applied to many different colleges, probably around 20 as a high school senior. I didn't really know what I wanted. And I didn't actually like Gonzaga too much when I visited. I thought I'd never heard of Spokane either. But I remember when I narrowed down to the last three schools, which ended up being Seattle U, UW, and Gonzaga, I was interested in Washington State because I'm from California. And I thought that Washington State was kind of a great in-between of leaving home and living in a new space uh, while also kind of like being in proximity to home and student or even faculty member or even someone who is distantly related to Gonzaga was really excited to talk about the university and just had this this weird like thing about them when they were talking about Gonzaga and just the way that the university impacted them. I felt like when I talked to people about Gonzaga and their experiences, they were really proud to be a Zag. And that was something that I don't think I found at any other school. Yeah. I related so much to your college journey of choosing schools because I didn't apply to 20 colleges, but I visited 30 schools and my high school went on all these trips to Mm -hmm. colleges and Gonzaga was the only one that actually had people there because we would be going in the summer but we went on this one trip in October and so I got to see what the student life was actually like and it was such a different experience and I totally relate to when you talk to someone about Gonzaga there's just this atmosphere or some some things in in the air about Mm -hmm. when we talk about it so I I totally relate to that and two because we're both from the Bay Area Spokane is so different from where we grew up so you started at Gonzaga what was your goal when you were starting as a freshman did you want to be super involved or how were you gonna take on the challenge of starting college Oddly enough, I don't know if I really had any expectations going into college. If I could look back at orientation weekend, I think I was overwhelmed and excited and anxious. Probably I would point those as my three words that would surround the beginning of my college experience at GU. Funny enough, I don't think entering as a freshman, I was, oh, during my four years here, I'm going to be involved in this, this, and this. And I also find it interesting now as I'm closing my time at GU that when I chose Gonzaga, I did not consider any of the things that I was involved in as reasons to attend. So I wasn't like, oh, they have a great like outdoors program. Um, I'm really interested in student government or kind of things like that. Those weren't things that I considered too much when, when choosing Gonzaga. Yet at the end of my time here, those proved to be some of the most influential things that I've been involved in during my four years. I I would say as a freshman, I was kind of just had 
an open mind and kind of bright eyes seeing the world. And like, I, if anything, I just wanted to get to know people. If there's one thing that I think would mark my freshman year, it was just talking to a lot of people and getting to know their stories. And that kind of was the main thing that drove my freshman year was very intentional and in-depth time spent with people. And I kind of let that navigate my, my year as a freshman. You were involved with Campus Kids at Logan Elementary. Can you talk mm-hmm. about what that experience was like and how that got you started with your leadership experience? For During fall semester, my freshman year, I knew that service and uh, youth were two things that I really cared about. They were both things that informed my involvements in high school, whether that was uh, being involved in like volunteering as a counselor at camp in the summer or just like mentor informal mentorships here and there as a high school student. I knew that I kind of wanted to do something like that. So during the fall of my freshman year, I decided service was something that I wanted to do here. One-on-one mentorship really stood out to me. And so campus kids is the fourth through sixth grade range. And I thought that was a super fun age. Kids are getting ready for middle school something about that one-on-one mentorship really stood out to me because that's not something that I had done before college. And I really valued the mentors in my life. So I applied to be a a mentor and ended up at Logan Elementary, which is just right down the street from Gonzaga. And I just fell in love with the school and my mentee who I matched with. And something that I really learned how to do that first year in Campus Kids was absorb others' passions and and support them along their journeys. So we were not compatible in the ways of our interests. So I like sports and I'm, I was like a tomboy growing up and I liked all, I didn't really like art or any of those things. My mentee like loved glitter, loved all the art projects, loved pink and all these things. And at the end of my time mentoring her, I learned to love those things too. And I think it taught me a lot about mentorship and loving others I think it was that first involvement being also around other student leaders and um, particularly um, women in leadership, having all of my student leaders. So Megan, Suniva and Sana were my student leaders as a freshman and just seeing them uh, lead the whole program with Logan Campus Kids and also lead an entire group of mentors was just a really great space to be exposed to as a first semester freshman. And those those people and that experience kind of encouraged me to just try out other new things at Gonzaga and see where they lead me. your senior year last semester and you took on the role of being the vice president for GSBA. So can you talk about how you got specifically to this role and who or what influenced you to to take on that leadership? My first year being involved with GSBA was my sophomore year as a sophomore senator. That was a really great introductory year for me, I think. I had never done anything like Senate before, which involves kind of like passing bills and resolutions and writing them and talking in Robert's rules. And it was something new and exciting for me. And it was also, as with kind of like any new opportunity, just a whole nother group of people on campus that I got to know. But I would say it wasn't really until last year, my junior year, when I had the opportunity to serve as the Speaker of Senate. So as the person who kind of leads all the senators 
in them passing legislation. And also as a speaker, you get to sit on cabinet. So being surrounded by all of the other directors and um, the president, the VP, treasurer, other folks like that, being in those spaces really provided me with a lot of insight into like the happenings all around campus, whether that's on the student side, the academic side, or kind of like the admin side. And I think it was really peers and mentors within those spaces that encouraged me and allowed me to see myself in this role as well. So I loved our cabinet. It was almost all women too, which was really cool. And kind of being in that space was really empowering. Having people like Taylor and Fosse um, leading our school last year with such grace and courage, kind of just watching them lead every day in small and big ways and having them to kind of like talk me through what certain responsibilities might look like day to day with like the position. But also, I think they're people who really live out their passions and live out their values. And I think that was something that I wanted to do in this role. And so now looking back on your freshman year self, what advice would you give you now that you've known how the past four years have gone and reflecting on that? What do you think you would tell yourself? It was funny. Actually, this morning I was talking to my my friend who I've known since freshman year and who is my sophomore year roommate. And I was telling her about how I had this later today. And I was talking about this specific question and I think it's funny because if anything, I wish that I could take advice from my freshman year self at this point. I think <laughs> that I lived my freshman year the best out of all four of my years somehow. Really? And I, I like freshman year of Charlotte. I, I think I loved her. I think, I think she did a great job. She did great. Like academically, she wasn't afraid to go talk to people. She kind of just like stepped into spaces with an open mind, it didn't really have far too many expectations. And I think sadly over my four years, I became a lot more jaded and for better and sometimes for worse. I think my freshman year self would ground me and remind me to not lose sight of why I do things and who's important and Mm -hmm. to not lose sight. Not that I have, I don't think I have lost sight of many of my values, but to keep those kind of like at the center of everything that I do and to still have a little faith and a little hope and a little joy. I think that freshman year, Charlotte did a good job of just sitting with people and kind of just walking up to random people and asking them like, Hey, what's your story? And really learning about people and also taking up space myself and sharing with other people as well. And I think that's something that I love about Gonzaga and that I think that I've lost myself, that authenticity and vulnerability with just like the most random people. Mm -hmm. I remember leaving my freshman year at Gonzaga and coming back home, almost like in awe and being speechless and almost in tears of being so surprised. I remember telling people when I came home, I was like, I don't think I've ever experienced so many times of a random person coming up to me and genuinely being like, Hey, let's go like hang out. I'd love to hear more about you and like what you care about and your passions and your story. And it was just so odd to me, but I experienced that so much during my freshman year. And it's something that I began engaging with myself. And I think that I've stopped doing that over the past few years. 
And now as a senior, I don't think I've done it too often, which also kind of saddens me because it was those people. It was the juniors and seniors that I, that were in my life as a freshman that made me love this place so much. And that made me grow so much. And so it is kind of unfortunate now that I am a senior and I was a junior last year, even though COVID definitely was a thing and kind of, you know, happened and is happening. It it kind of makes me sad because I know how formative those conversations and relationships were. And I, I'd only hope that I could have a sliver of the impact that those people had on me. I think we talked about this too in our pre-interview, but the sacrifices that leaders have to take. And do you think that not being able to have those conversations that impacted you your freshman year, do you think that your leadership positions and the requirements that those have may have an impact on that? Or what are some other sacrifices that you could maybe go into that you've had to take on with your leadership roles? Sometimes I see things so analytically and I was thinking of a graph. There's like an inverse of like Charlotte's leadership positions going like increase and then like, or like involvements. And then like me asking people about their lives, like in a decrease, (laughs) but I don't think that's actually how it went because I think that actually in some ways I'm currently not seeing as much of how me asking people like about their lives and learning about their stories and kind of like me sharing mine is so ingrained in my leadership too, because I think yeah. it's, it's part of like who I am. And I think in whatever space I go to, I stories are kind of like at the forefront of that for me, I think. And they are like the reason why I do things. And also the reason why I like being around people and learning about people. So I think that it's definitely been kind of a sacrifice of time, if anything, but I almost see it as a double-edged sword because sometimes when I, I feel very like lonely or, or isolated, or I feel bad for not being able to make it to like every single thing for my friends, or I, I also think about all of the things that I'm involved in. And there's also, there's also like no place I'd rather be. Mm -hmm. So like last semester, I, I think I felt very overwhelmed by committing to a lot of different things, but I kept on reminding myself that I'd like to say none of these things were things that I just applied to because I wanted to like plop them on my resume or anything like that. They were all things that really aligned with my, with what I cared about and with what I wanted to do with my time here. And I don't think that I would have had it any other way doing it. They've grown me a lot and they've taught me a lot. And they've also brought me to a lot of great, inspiring people who I don't know if I would have known in the same capacity without them. But I think there's a lot to say about how isolating and lonely leadership can be. I think that, especially here at Gonzaga, when everyone seems to be happy and everyone seems to be getting like A's and everyone seems to, you know, doing all the things and happy while doing it. Yeah. um, I think that leaders, including myself, can tend to put on this mask of having it all together. And I could walk down Bulldog Alley and like see a bunch of people, see a bunch of familiar faces. 
I am privileged to be able to like feel that comfortability on campus because I know that's not the case for everyone. And I am like grateful that I can walk to, to like Jepson or something and see a bunch of people and be able to wave to them. But at the same time, I think there's also some sort of emptiness inside sometimes as the leader where you can like see the people and say hi and like throw a few smiles around him during the day. But sometimes it does feel pretty lonely because you are sacrificing a lot of time and you're sacrificing time spent with people and also time spent with yourself. What does self-care mean to you, especially with, you know, we talked about how much time these positions take up. And so how do you take care of yourself? I'm not sure if this is self-care, but something that I started last semester, which was inspired by my friend, Peter Jonas, as I have this little joy journal, it's actually right here. And so it's like this little journal that I have and I write in it whenever there's like a little interaction or like something with a person. And it's like, oh, that was like a a joyful moment. So whether it's like yesterday, I was just cracking up laughing with two two of my best friends. And it was just a moment of just pure joy where I was not thinking about anything else, but enjoying the company of my good friends. And, and so I just like jotted that down. So like anything like small or like, oh, I ran into so-and-so today and they told me this. And so I think like finding those little moments of joy um, have been really grounding. And I think I've also just been guided by a few phrases, I guess, that remind me of self-care. So I often tell myself, these are on post-its at my door as well. So I have to read them every time I leave my door of um, I'm proud of you and be gentle with yourself. And I think that those are reminders of self-care and the I'm proud of you thing is also, I think a form of self-care and maybe more self-love too of, I don't think this might be into one of your other questions later, but I don't (laughs) think I've ever been like able to say the words that I'm proud of myself until this semester. So this past semester. So being a fall of my senior year, even though I've done whatever on campus and like seen the people did the things like, I don't think that I was ever really be able to been able to say that. And I think I'm still learning to believe it that there's like a lot to be proud of, even if it's just showing up every day. So I think those are kind of like the things that ground me. And I also learned during the pandemic that I'm an introvert. And (laughs) so, so being an introvert in leadership, being surrounded by all the people sometimes really isn't the best. And so I think that I have learned, not really. Okay. I am learning how to say no to things and I'm learning how to um, sit with myself. And it's particularly hard to sit with yourself as a student at Gonzaga and be like alone because you think you're missing out on everything. But I really have to tell myself that I'm not and I'm going to be okay. And I need to say no, because saying no is loving myself a little bit. No, I relate to that so much. One of my self-care things that I did was, I mean, like on top of the regular, like working out and like eating right, eating at the cog because I had my free meal (laughs) meal plan. Um, But I took Friday nights off and Um, so I would stay in my room and (laughs) while everyone else was free gaming to go out, there'd be me (laughs) in my pajamas, watching Netflix, headphones in, no one's talking to me, just very quiet. And I totally relate to everything you just said at Gonzaga as well. 
you always feel like you're missing out. And I feel like this connects to, but we were talking about feeling isolated in leadership positions. I don't know if you ever felt this, maybe you can speak to this, but I always felt not only isolated, but I was constantly comparing myself to other people. Wow. That person really has everything together. And then there's me dying over here, trying to get homework done, feeling like I haven't seen my friends in a while. And I've juggling so much on my plate. I think what helped though, is that I was very passionate about everything that I was, I was doing. Mm -hmm. So that definitely helped, but I definitely felt this sense of comparison. I didn't feel qualified or as good as, as they were doing. I don't know if you felt that way as well. Yeah, totally. I think, especially at a, like at the size that Gonzaga is too, where you kind of know some names and faces and it's small enough where you actually can really compare yourself to a lot of people. And I think, I think everyone here at Gonzaga does that, whether they like to do it or not. (laughs) I definitely do that. And especially like in, in terms of comparison and leadership, I think sometimes when I, when I step into roles, I often question my ability to lead in them, not in a way out of like jealousy of like people who have led their way in the past. But I think I sometimes compare myself. That was like a fear of mine stepping into this vice president role. I think I just look up to Taylor and Fassay so much and they're just great, two phenomenal leaders. And I think a fear that I had was just kind of failing in my role and not, not being good enough. And, and I think some of that stems from a little comparison. And I think that it's important to remind ourselves that we won't be the same as some people. And that's good yeah. because we have so many other things that are, are different in a, in a really good and beneficial and contributing way. Yeah. I feel like that's the reminder that I have to, you know, scream at myself sometimes. <laughs> Who has helped you define feminism throughout your life, not just at Gonzaga? Is is there anyone in particular that you think has helped you carve out that definition and helped you strive towards your goals in leadership? I think the first person in my life that helped me uh, like kind of understand feminism and kind of encouraged me to learn more about it and embrace it was my older sister Libby she's 10 years older than me and I think one of the first times she brought it up to me was when I was maybe like 10 years old or so or maybe younger and it was because I grew up playing baseball with boys and I was the only girl out there and she was just like telling me how cool that was and this and that and that kind of just all segued into this conversation about feminism and I remember she showed me like this TED talk on feminism and everything and about being a feminist and as a 10 year old I didn't really understand the whole thing but it was still like some memory that kind of stuck stood with me and I think she has been a role model for me growing up as what it means to be a feminist I think these mentors who have helped me define feminism have kind of just been embodiments of it in the way that they live and act. It hasn't been someone kind of like telling me this is what it is in a class. It's more of how I see their feminist values and their feminist lens 
used in the way that they talk, in the way that they lead, in the way that they make life choices. And that has been the example that has helped me define it. Here at Gonzaga, it's been a lot of different professors, like I said, in the sociology and women's and gender studies department, um, some faculty here as well, and also peers. Um, so like whether it's my my friends or um, housemates or classmates, um, people like that, specifically other women in leadership, I think that they have helped my ever growing definition of feminism. And what do you struggle or grapple with as a feminist? Maybe it's something at Gonzaga that occurs or something worldwide or back at home in the Bay Area. I think one thing about I know about my feminism is that it should be intersectional. So with that, I think that that means that I grapple with a wide variety of issues that consist with like basically all of the isms, obviously, <laughs> that like permeate through our schools and our, our healthcare systems and even to the ways that our buildings are built and constructed. Um, I think that I consider and grapple and struggle with a lot of these issues, both on micro and macro scales. As a leader here at Gonzaga, I like almost like a duty to be consistently interrogating the ways in which Gonzaga can and needs to do better with also respecting the ways that we've done great things as well. But I think that here at GU as a feminist, I, I consider issues that exist within classrooms and residence halls and clubs, all the way to the way our academics are run, the way that our administration operates, issues regarding a lack of like inclusivity and understanding of diversity and equity inclusion. And kind of like, I think the list can go on. And I think that sometimes I can, and I'm not sure if you feel this way as well, but you can just feel so depleted and bombarded. And so going off of that, what do you want your next step to be after Gonzaga? After this past semester and after last year in the roles that I got to be in, I have found a passion for working in higher ed. And I think that despite a lot of the challenges um, and also issues within schools and in the education system, I think that it's a place that I want to be, you know, a place that I want to be involved in to make it better. And uh, I just love being with students and love being with other people. I'm a big people person, despite my introversion. <laughs> um, I, I do love being with people and kind of, kind of working and being along the ride to be part of fostering a good future for them. And so, and again, it kind of goes back to the people who have been through my life during my my time at GU, I've seen how influential just some of the people here are within these really transformative four years of development. And so I'd really just love to be part of that at a university. So somewhere in student affairs is my next step, I believe. Yay, that's so exciting. And you're one of those influential people too. Like I remember meeting you in sociology of education and you, I sat on the 
very, very close to the door. I remember this. And then you were, I think you sat behind Taylor and then I would always see you and I was very intimidated by you. And because I thought you were so cool. And then I remember you were doing something for GSBA, I think, where you had to go to residence halls. And I think I it was with it. Maury and Taylor. And oh, you, yes, I do. <laughs> I just met. Yes. And you yes, were and we came by your room. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> you were just so happy and nice and warm and inviting. And I was like, wow, Charlotte's so cool. And I was, I always thought you were so cool. And you were one of those people that I remember from sociology of education. I just have these people like, oh, I remember this person, even though I've never talked to them before, I know that they were in that class, which is kind of weird, but you were one of those people for me. So I'm really glad that we were able to talk and get to know each other on a deeper level and thank you so much for doing this this was awesome so I couldn't have asked for a better person to interview oh well thanks so much and you're also a name I hope you know that and that's what's so (laughs) cool about these spaces also all with women is that we can just like hype each other up left and right and it's amazing and thanks so much for for inviting me into this space and like creating this whole whole awesome podcast that's just it's super inspiring and super cool to just see the ways that you put your passions into something kind of like real out here. And it has to do with kind of like sharing a bunch of different people's stories, which is really cool. 